many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will do what? Rise up. Some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. This is talking about the resurrection for the great white throne judgment of God. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Every movie closes with the words, The End, and so will planet Earth. The end is coming, and then with it, a whole new beginning. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us. Today, we're continuing the series, Courageous Living in Trying Times, taken from the book of Daniel. Well, it's hard to believe, but we've come to the closing chapter of the book of Daniel, and it is filled with some amazing things regarding the future we're going to look at today. As I've said all throughout this study, only God knows the end of something before the beginning even begins. And in this closing chapter, God gives us some very good news about a glorious resurrection to come and other incredible events. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share the message, The Righteous Shall Shine. Daniel chapter 12. I'm going to be honest with you. I have found that Daniel has been more difficult than the book of Revelation in some ways. Now, by saying that, I'm not telling you that I don't have understanding of it. I'm just telling you it took a lot of study. It took a lot of study because there's a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of numbers in Daniel, a lot of multiplication, a lot of division. This is session 13, but it's the last chapter. And I've just called it The Righteous Shall Shine because this one has some really, really positive things in it about we believers. And so last time we saw that Daniel 11, verses 36 to 45, focus on the coming Antichrist. All of a sudden in Daniel 11, Gabriel, who is speaking to Daniel, switches gears and he begins talking about the coming Antichrist of the last days. And it goes on for nine verses. It ends out chapter 11. Now, I really do believe that the first three verses of chapter 12 should have been the last three verses of chapter 11 because Gabriel continues to speak until you're finished with verse 3 of chapter 12. So it's a continuum. Gabriel speaks to Daniel from chapter 11 verse 1 through chapter 12 verse 4. Now, in talking about the Antichrist, we saw some glimpses of what his personality will be like and the evil things that he will do. And let me just refresh you a little bit on that. He will be arrogant on steroids, consummately arrogant, blasphemous. He doesn't just swear, but he blasphemes God. He looks up and literally blasphemes Christ and God. So he's a blasphemer like none has ever been. Um, He will call himself God. He will literally walk into the temple, the holy place, and 
call himself God and demand that the world worship him as very God. That's what you call an ego trip. He will also attack the Jewish people, particularly at the second half of the tribulation period, and the tribulation saints. And that's people who are saved during the tribulation period. Many, many multitudes will be saved during the great tribulation. We call them tribulation saints. And he will be given seven years to wreak his havoc before the return of Christ stops him. He is stopped by the return of Christ. Now, chapter 12 picks right up where 11 left off and will close out Daniel's book with a prophecy of the end times. This is powerful. So, as I said, the first three verses of chapter 12 could have been the last three verses of chapter 11. If I was dividing up the chapters, that's the way I would have done it, but they didn't call me. Now, let's start out at chapter 12, verse 1. And let's just pick our way through this because it's great stuff. Now, here it is, chapter 12, verse 1. At that time, now that's the time of the Great Tribulation. At that time, the Great Tribulation, Michael, the archangel who stands guard over your nation, that would be Israel, will arise. Then there will be a time of trouble greater than any since nations first came into existence. Did you catch that? Now, how many of you who know a little bit of history can say, there's been a lot of trouble on a lot of nations, major trouble. But this time of trouble will eclipse what any nation has ever gone through before. I want you to notice that the mere presence of Michael, the great archangel, does not avert the times of trouble. He helps God's people in and through their trouble, but he does not stop the trouble from coming, and that's the way life usually happens. I mean, we wonder all the time, how come God didn't stop this or that? But that's really not the question. It's not what you go through. It's how you go through what you go through. And so here we see that Michael standing up for Israel doesn't stop them from going through trouble. He just sees them through it. Now, this time of trouble is the tribulation period spoken of in Matthew 24, verses 6 and 7, by Jesus Christ himself. Matthew 24 contains Jesus' most extensive prophecy about the last times or the last days. Jesus said, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So clearly, folks, Jesus knew that an end was coming to this planet. He said, the end is coming, but it's not yet. Then he says in verse 7, For a nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. That's the time of Jacob's trouble. That's the time of great trouble Gabriel is talking to Daniel about. And Jeremiah also talked about this day of trouble. He says in chapter 30, verse 7, how awful that day will be. No other will be like it. It will be a time of trouble for Jacob, meaning Israel, but he will be saved out of it. So when theologians talk about this day, or when the Jewish people talk about this day, they're going to call it the day of Jacob's trouble, or the time of Jacob's trouble. And it's futuristic. It hasn't happened yet. Now, Daniel continues in the second half of verse 1. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is, read this with me, everyone, written in the book will be rescued. Isn't it amazing that he mentions a book just like John the Revelator? 
Now, when he says, but at that time, every one of your people who are written in the book are going to be rescued at that time means the time of great trouble, the time of Jacob's trouble, the Matthew 24 trouble, the same time period. Now, remember the close of verse 45 in chapter 11. The Antichrist has entered Israel and is about to desecrate the temple. He shall plant the tents of his palace between the seas and the glorious holy mountain. This event of the abomination of desolation that Jesus also warns about in Matthew 24, this event happens at the midpoint of the tribulation period, three and a half years in. You remember I've told you that Antichrist will come on the scene when he cuts a deal with Israel and the Arabs. And it'll be a peace treaty lasting seven years. And this will thrust Antichrist onto the stage of history as a hero. Because look at all the presidents and all of the world leaders that have tried to bring this about. I mean, the world is crying for it and people have tried it, but the success of it awaits Antichrist. And he'll do it. And then three and a half years into that peace treaty, he will go back on his word. He'll go into the temple, into the Holy of Holies, and declare himself to be God. And the Jewish people will know that he was a farce, a fraud, that his word meant nothing. Let me expand your understanding of Scripture a little bit here. When he goes in there and demands that he is worshipped as God and that the whole earth worships him, here's what's going to happen. Israel's eyes will be open to who he really is. And they will reject his claim. And you know what's going to happen? They will turn toward Jesus Christ as their Messiah. Now, let me tell you what the catalyst for that will be. This turn toward Christ on the part of the Jewish people halfway through the time of Jacob's trouble, the great tribulation, is going to be the result of the ministry of the two witnesses that John the Revelator tells us about in Revelations 11, 1 through 13. It's so powerful. I've got to read it to you because, listen, here he is. He's going to go into the temple. I'm God. The Jewish people are going to go, oh, my Lord, who have we been following? Amen. Who have we believed? Because he will then forbid them from taking part in their ritual sacrifices, and he will shut them down. And when he does, their eyes are open. Now, stepping onto the scene of history right now is two highly unusual personalities. They're called the two witnesses. Let me read to you about them. Revelations 11, 1 to 13. John says, I was given a reed like a measuring rod and was told, go and measure the temple of God and the altar with its worshipers. See how the temple's there and see how they're in the Old Testament form of sacrifices again? Old Testament worship? Verse 2. But exclude the outer court. Don't measure it because it's been given to the Gentiles. And they will trample on the holy city for 42 months. That's talking about the last three and a half years, the final 42 months of the Great Tribulation. And it is Antichrist and his forces that are trampling Jerusalem during this time. They will trample on the city for 42 months, the angel tells John. And the persecution of the Jews by Antichrist and his Gentile armies goes into full motion. And they began to experience persecution like they perhaps have never known. He will release hell's fury against them. 
and against tribulation saints throughout the world. At this juncture, God sends in his two witnesses. Look at verse 3. And I will appoint my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1,260 days. That's approximately three and a half years. Clothed in sackcloth. Who's that sound like? John the Baptist. I'm not saying that's who it is, but it's, they're going to look kind of like John. Amen. Now look at verse 4. They are the two olive trees and the two lampstands, and they stand before the Lord of the earth. I love verse 5. I wish I had this going on with me right now. How many of you would like a little bit of this power? If anyone tries to harm them, fire comes from their mouths and devours their enemies. What would you do with that power? If fire could come out of your mouth and devour your critics. Well, you'd be going around fire-breathing dragon all the time. But they will be under the total control of the Holy Spirit. But look at the supernatural things going on during the time of Jacob's trouble. Fire comes from their mouths and devours their enemies. And this is how anyone who wants to harm them must die. So people will die who attack these two. Verse 6, they have power to shut up the heavens so that it will not rain during the time they are prophesying. Who's that sound like? Elijah. And they have power to turn the waters into blood. Who's that sound like? Moses. And to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they want. So you got an Elijah-like and a Moses-like characters. Now look at verse 7. Now when they have finished their testimony, this is after the 42 months, the beast that comes up from the abyss will attack them. Now before I go any further, this is what I believe will turn the Jewish people to Christ. These two witnesses are going to have the attention of the entire world. And they'll be standing in the streets of the holy city, Jerusalem, Amen. testifying of Christ. So when Antichrist goes in and says, I'm God, worship me, and the Jews realize who it is, these two stand up and point the way to the real Messiah. Now, verse 7, now when they have finished their testimony, the beast that comes up from the abyss, what I teach you in the Revelation series, the beast is who? Antichrist. And he will overpower and kill them. Their bodies, verse 8, will lie in the public square of the great city, which is figuratively called Sodom and Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. So, Jerusalem. Verse 9, for three and a half days, some from every people, tribe, language, and nation will gaze on their bodies and refuse them burial. They won't even let them bury them honorably. And it's a good thing because they're coming up. Verse 10, the inhabitants of the earth will gloat over them and will celebrate by sending each other gifts because these two prophets had tormented those who live on the earth for 42 months. Can't you see our world doing this? Gloating over the death of the righteous? I can. But look what happens after in verse 11. But after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them and they stood on their feet and terror struck those who were watching on CNN, ABC, CBS, NBC, and MSLSD. I threw that in there. That's the revised slanted Wickwire version. But you know that all the network cameras will be panned on this. You do know that. Okay? So I'm just trying to make it real. And believe me, they'll all be gloating and rejoicing that these two are dead. And yet, all of a sudden, they stand up. 
And look what happens. Here's a picture of the rapture. Verse 12. Then they heard a, what kind of voice? Loud voice from heaven saying to them, say it with me, everybody, good and loud. Come up here. Don't you know that's what the Lord's going to say to us? That's all he has to say. Lazarus, come forth. Church, come up here. And look what happens. And they went up to heaven in a cloud with all the network cams panned on them and people all over the world having a heart attack. (laughs) While their enemies looked on. Oh, I love that. While their enemies looked on. That's what it says. Like they say, you can't keep a good man down. So we know now that one of these witnesses is Elijah. For Malachi prophesied, Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. That's the same thing as the time of Jacob's trouble. Verse 6, And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, hearts of the children of their fathers. I think that's talking about these two witnesses leading the Jewish people to their real Messiah during this terrible time, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. And the second person I've always felt was Moses. I've always felt it was Moses because of the plagues and turning the water into blood. But some people believe it's Enoch and other people believe other things. But I'm sticking with Elijah and Moses mainly because those are the two that appeared to Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. It was Elijah and Moses. So I believe those are the two or certainly of the same spirit as them. Now the next two verses reveal the return of Christ and the great resurrection of the dead. But before I go into this, have you used your sanctified imaginations to to stop and think about what we just read? That in the time of Jacob's trouble, there's going to be two preachers, two servants of God, and they're going to be literally killed and lying in the streets of Jerusalem with the whole world looking and rejoicing. And suddenly, folks, they're going to stand up. No rigor mortis. Standing up like Jesus stood up in the tomb. And everybody's going to see it? What a witness. Now, let's move on. Now, the next two verses reveal the return of Christ and the resurrection of the dead. Verse 2, chapter 12. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will do what? Rise up. Now, look, it's going to be two different kinds of people. Some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. What's this talking about? This is talking about the resurrection for the great white throne judgment of God where every person who has ever lived is going to be resurrected. You know, we talk about how the believers are going to be caught up. You know, I I go to Kathy's grave pretty often and I have said sitting there at that grave, Kathy, I can't tell you how much I rejoice over the promise of the resurrection. Let me tell you what a hope that is when you lose somebody you've been with for 41 years. You know, I go there, and I just have a hope. Though I still hurt, I have a hope. Look at this. This is a promise that there's going to be a resurrection, but not just of the saints, but of the wicked. See, when you die, if you're wicked, you don't stay down. You're going to be resurrected as well. And you're going to be brought into the presence of God. You are not ever going to die. Because that's what Daniel's telling us. This takes place at the return of Christ, this resurrection, rising up. And it's exactly what John the Revelator 
predicts as well. I've got to read the Revelation again. Look what he says. Chapter 1, verse 7 of Revelation. Behold, he is coming with clouds. Every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. Did you catch that? How can those who pierced him see him when he returns? Because everybody that's ever lived is going to be resurrected on that day. And they're coming up. And those who pierced him are going to face God. Look what it says. All the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Why? Because they're going to go, oh, my Lord, it was true. I didn't know it was true. It was true. He's here. And they'll mourn. All the ethnos, all the ethnicities of the earth. That's the Greek there. Will mourn. And then in Revelations 20, I think the most sombering set of passages in the whole Bible. But i got to read it because it's talking about the same thing Daniel did. Chapter 20, Revelation, starting at verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. Daniel talked about a book, and here's John talking about books. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Now, I think there's two books. It's plural. He says, I saw books. Here's what they are. One of the books is a record of everything the wicked did and will answer for. The second book contains the names of those who are in the book of life. One is the book of recorded sins. The other one is the book where there is no sin recorded. Because your name is in the book of life because the blood has washed your sins away. Right. And so that's why it's plural books. Look what it says in verse 13. The sea gave up the dead that were in it. How many people have died in the ocean? How many people have gone down in the ocean? Look how it says the sea give up, give over the dead that are in it. And death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. Death and Hades are the waiting room where those who are not saved go. It's not purgatory. Death and Hades. Hades is where the wicked man was in Jesus' parable. Well, that's it for this time. I hope that Daniel's final words in the closing chapter have encouraged you to stay close to the Lord and wait with expectancy for a new day coming in God's great plan. Now stay tuned because we've got some exciting things to share with you, our Life Talk listeners that I believe are going to be a blessing to you. And be sure to join us next time as we close out the book of Daniel with part two of the message, The Righteous Shall Shine. Until then, may God's rich blessings be yours. Now, here's our announcer. Now you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home, your car, or wherever you may be to lead you on the exciting journey of building up your Christian walk in faith, hope, and love. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. You will begin to understand just how much our Heavenly Father loves you and the whole world. 
So call now, toll-free, 877-884-3111. Or just log on anytime, day or night, to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again. Or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. The Righteous Shall Shine is the final message of Pastor Jeff's series, Courageous Living. You can own a copy of this 13 CD set for just $65 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Courageous Living, for only $65 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.